Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Nashville Life. For those of you here for the first time, my name is Alvin. I serve as lead pastor here at the church. So glad you're here. Um, can we do a little chorus of that sufficient for today? Again, I just feel like it's what I need to hear today. And I would love to just reiterate that in my heart. So let's, uh, let's just go through that. God's, God's grace and his mercy, they're sufficient for right now. Hallelujah, 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 they're sufficient for today. Let's do that again. Hallelujah, 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 they're sufficient for today. God, we thank you for your sufficient grace that is more than enough for what we need today. God, we pray that we would trust you and lean on you fully, Lord, and know that as long as we follow you as shepherd, that we will lack nothing. So we pray, Lord, for you to continue to cover us, to guide us, and we choose to trust you today. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Um, I do want to acknowledge again our very special, all of you are special, but this is special, special, um, Pastor Tim and his lovely wife, Cindy Delina. Um, they pastor in my favorite city besides Nashville, New York. I love Manhattan, and they uh, pastor a great church there. They've been a huge blessing. I've only known, I met you last July. It's crazy the, how short it took for you to make such an impact. I think you came on right on time uh, for a lot of reasons, one of which was I didn't know it, but when I met you, I was about to meet the woman I'm going to marry, uh, Jasmine, and he was such a primary counsel for, for me during this unique journey of dating and finding a life while lead pastor of a church. It's not a typical situation, and he brought so much wisdom to me in Jasmine's life, and I thank you. I really do believe you're part of the reason why I'm marrying the best woman ever in uh, two months. Um, so thank you for that. And uh, also, yes, like Marion said, the building, we were going to wait till the sanctuary was finished to move in here. It was going to be May of this year. And uh, he came to visit and was like, y'all should start now. So we moved in December. That's why we did the whole kids' life space downstairs because of that man right there. So we have a lot to thank you for. And we bless you and your ministry and your family. And Cindy, you're amazing as well. It's been so good to get to know you, and I want to get to know you guys more. And I'm just honored to have y'all in our lives and our church. And I know they probably hated every moment of that, but I don't care because I love them, huh? 
Times Square Church, absolutely. If you're in New York, go to Times Square Church. Watch them online. It's the best. Um, and they're an inspiration to us. They even brought our team. Oh, man, Lucy, our production team went up there. They got to show them how we, they do live streams. So Trevor and Spencer and Lucy went up there. They've been a huge blessing in Nashville life. So we have so much to thank them for. Uh, Elder Jerry, some of y'all, our team got to meet Elder Jerry. That's from their church. He sent him down. Like, huge blessings to us. So I am I'm humbled and honored and Love you very, very much. Thank you. Uh, all right. Let's repeat after me. Say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. I like doing that because I want us to prepare our hearts for something more than just words from a book. This is God's word. This is a word of God that is meant to bless our lives, to transform our hearts in ways that not only bless us, but bless others through us. And I believe that's going to happen this, this time together. Um, the theme for 2022 that we've been wa walking through is withstanding the wind. And it's inspired by a passage in Matthew chapter 3, verse 12, where John the Baptist is talking about Jesus. And he's describing his ministry and he's describing his his calling, and he says, uh, his winnowing fan is in his hand, talking about Jesus, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And it was an unlikely verse for me to feel driven to go towards uh, for 2022, but I really do believe that the Lord has been preparing his Big C Church, the global body of Christ, as well as Nashville Life for a time of great difficulty, of great challenge, um, and it's important for us to take heart and know that um, he doesn't allow winds to blow through his harvest to, to destroy us, but to, but to build us up and to teach us how to withstand difficult times. We all know that when, when you become a Christian, um, not only is it not an exemption from difficult times, but in a way you're sort of signing up for more um, because we live in a world that's in great opposition to Jesus. We live in a culture that's in great opposition to the word of God. So as believers who are submitting our lives to something that's so against the grain with the world, we have to have the ability to withstand the resistance and the opposition that comes with this life. And, and as we grow over this year, we've been trying our best to, to, yeah, train ourselves up and let the word of God train us so we can have a stance to where the things that used to blow us over or blow us away or, you know, years ago now they just, they might still challenge us and we still feel it, but at least we're still standing. And that's my prayer for Nashville Life, that during 2022, we, we grow to be a church that can stand um, come what may. Uh, there's another aspect to this verse that I wanted to emphasize this month, and, and that's the gathering part. We learned this month that we have two roles as a believer. There's a defensive part of our walk that's, you know, the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness that's built to defend ourselves from the darts. But then there's also an offensive side to our faith where we're constantly called to be building the kingdom of God and leading more people to Jesus and making disciples. And as Christians, we need to be good at recognizing both aspects of our life. I don't think a Christian life is complete if we're on the defense at all times. And I also don't believe that the Christian life is complete if we're only uh, on the offense, but we're not guarding our hearts as well. So the Lord trains us to do both. 
He trains us to withstand the wind, but also to gather at the same time. And he says if, he, if we allow him to put his yoke upon us and learn from him, he will show us how to, how to balance both sides of this life with Jesus, of this walk with him. So I want to talk about the vision of our church because I think the vision of our church and the vision that God has given Nashville Life is a great way to both withstand the wind and to gather. Uh, the vision of Nashville Life is pretty simple. It's following Jesus, building leaders. Following Jesus, building leaders. That is the objective of this particular ministry. It's what we feel led to do. We feel like it's our assignment in this generation, in this city, to follow Jesus and to build leaders. And we do that through a series of four steps. We, we know God. That's first. We must know him. That's where everything starts. That's where we're born again. That's where we learn who we are. Uh, we find freedom. The Lord wants to set us free from all of the baggage from our past and things that come against us. He wants us to be free. Second thing, discover our purpose. Uh, we want to know why we've been saved. What have we been saved for? What was God's intention and plan for us when he saved us the way he did? And then last is make a difference, which means just let's get busy. Let's go for it. Let's start obeying the Lord and make an impact on the lives of those around us. Uh, Vision is very valuable to any person, but specifically a Christian, a believer. When we have God's vision for our lives, when that's been revealed to our hearts, and we begin to walk in the vision that he has laid out for us in his word, I believe it serves two very important purposes for our lives, and that it's, it brings protection, but it also brings transformation, there's two things that happen when you are walking in vision. When you have vision, you become protected from so many things that happen when you don't walk in vision. The scripture says without vision, people perish. Without vision, without a direction, without knowing where you're going, you become so vulnerable to every kind of distraction, every kind of lie, every kind of discouraging thought, you become so vulnerable to those things. So vision helps keeps you, keeps you protected, and it helps keep you uh, focused. And then the second thing that we'll talk about second is how when you walk in God's vision, it actually begins to change your life. So you're not only protected, but you begin to progress as well. You're not only uh, defended, but you actually get to advance at the same time, and I love that about Jesus. He somehow manages both to happen at the same time, this, this security, but also this, this stretching out, and I want to talk about both. So the first one is protection. We are in a great storm in the kingdom of God. We are in a great storm in the world. Uh, there are so many things. The, the word of God actually says in the last days it will become increasingly more difficult to, to live for the Lord because it's just going to be a lot of confusion, a lot of fear, a lot of hate, a lot of division. And that's our world that we live in. Um, there are arrows flying at us every which way. Every day is a new opportunity to fear. Every day is a new opportunity to be discouraged. And it's always these things coming at us. There's snares. There's traps. But, but the cool thing about the gospel and the great thing about the good news is that Jesus is a safe haven in the midst of all that. He promises to be a strong tower and a shelter even in the midst of this war zone that we're in in 2022 
as Christians and even as, as human beings. He promised to be a protection in the midst of our enemies. Not only will he protect us, but the Bible says that he actually will prepare a table for us in the presence of these enemies. So, so yes, we are in a war zone. Yes, it is a very stormy time. But also, yes, that we have a Jesus, we have a Savior who says that he will be a safe haven for anybody who chooses to come and dwell under his shelter and to be in his shadow. I'm going to read Psalm 91. And I was only going to read a portion, but it was just so good. Y'all, if you know Psalm 91, you can understand why I couldn't just pick one passage for this chapter. So I'm going to go and do the whole thing. It says in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with the eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. The Most High, who is my refuge? No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways." On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Not bad, right? I mean, this is, this is the level and the quality of protection that is offered to anyone who chooses to dwell under the shelter of the mighty, of the most high, and to be in his shadow. And the part where it says being in his shadow is what I wanted to highlight because being in someone's shadow demands or requires a, a level or a closeness or a proximity. You can't be in the shadow of someone unless you have a, a nearness to them in order to still kind of be under the place of their, where's my shadow? There it is. There's got to be a, there's got to be a closeness in order to still be in the shadow. So I really want to uh, encourage everybody here to get close and stay close to Jesus because it's, it's that proximity, it's that closeness that keeps you in the shadow of who he is, of his life. And there's no greater way than to, uh, 
to be in the shadow of Jesus than to follow him. There's no greater way to be in the shadow than to stay in the vision that he has for your life and the vision that he has for his church. I believe that when we walk in vision and we remain and stay faithful and true to his vision, he will protect us and we will experience the benefits that I just read in Psalm 91. And the cool thing about Psalm 91 is that's not even everything. That's just one chapter of one book of a lot of books in the Bible. Like, guys, I can't tell you how infinite and how abundant the goodness and the provision of Jesus is. But the condition is you, you have to make a choice for yourself to remain in the shadow, to stay in the vision, to stay following him, because that's how the benefits can come. And those are a lot of benefits that I read. So, so the reason why we stay in the vision, the reason why we stay following him, the reason why we stay obedient is because there's great protective benefits that I just read in Psalm 91. But in addition to protection happening when you stay in the shadow of God, when you stay on the path that he's leading you on, there's also transformation that happens as well. So not only will you be protected, but he'll actually transform you as well. And I thought about this in first service, about the, the, the parable of the talents and how was the, there was that one steward that took the talent and he dug it and he hid it. And when it was time to present it, he presented the very thing that was given to him. And he thought that was something that deserved credit because he protected it, he kept it, and it's exactly the way it was given when it was given to him, I should say. And we saw that the Lord did not look at that as being a good thing. So I'm trying to let you guys know that Jesus is not a steward like that steward of the talent. He doesn't just protect you and keep you but he also transforms you as well. When you are under his protection, he actually begins to increase you. He actually begins to make it to where after all is said and done, you are even greater and different than you were prior to him starting to protect you. So he doesn't just hide you. And that's why I said we can't just afford to lean on the defensive part of being a Christian, that God protects us. Yes, he protects us, but he's also transforming us at the same time. Matthew chapter 4, 19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So he's showing that he does both. Not only does he guard you and protect you, but he actually transforms your mind and your heart. He transforms your identity. He will make you a fisher of men. He will make you someone who, who processes information differently, information differently than you used to. He will make you someone who, who thinks of themselves differently than you used to. You'll look in the mirror and you won't process or, or see the same thing that you used to see five years ago. That's what happens with following Jesus. You actually begin to transform who you are. He transforms how you think how you see, how you process, how you make decisions, how you make judgments. He can change all of that if you follow him. So not only is there a defense aspect, not only does he protect you like Psalm 91, but he advances you, he stretches you, he transforms you, he promotes you. And this is something that I believe is the trajectory of every believer. He has us all on this journey of going from being an outsider to an insider, to someone who goes on the outside to bring people back on the inside. Like, he takes you from being someone who's hungry to someone who's fed to someone who cooks. 
He, show, he takes you from being an invited person to an actual guest to a host. Like there's this great arch or this great arc that he has you on as a believer where you go from being the one begging for bread to the one eating bread to the one distributing bread. And that's the full picture that I believe that God has all of us on. All of us came broken down with needs. All of us were like sheep without a shepherd. All of us were messed up in a long list of ways. And that's okay. That's why the gospel's here. He's here to take those people in. But then he begins to transform you to where now you have your needs met. Now you're saying the scriptures like the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You're saying all these great things because you're provided for because now you're in the shelter. But then he keeps going. And that's where I believe Nashville Life is passionate about of that next step of once your needs are met, he wants to then build you to where you are now helping serve others so that other people who have the same needs that you had three years ago are experiencing the same fulfillment that you received three years ago. And the beautiful cycle of us being recipients to, to, to receivers, to givers of the same thing that we received is just the best. Like that's just nothing makes me more fulfilled in ministry than to see that full circle moment happen where the person that was then invited is now inviting someone else. The person that that was the new guy is now greeting the new person and saying, welcome home. Like that is the kingdom of God. And that is the journey that we as a church want to do our part to help see happen. We want to see that transformation happen of, of begging for bread to eating bread to, to, to giving out bread. And the reason why that's our passion, because we believe that's the passion of Jesus. And I was seeing this in this passage that I'm going to read, uh, John chapter 6, verse 4 through 14. And it's a, it's a lengthy passage, passage, but you'll see the same pattern of what I've just described uh, happen. And I want to share this with you. Starting from verse 4 of John chapter 6, it says, Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Peter, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for all these people, uh, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so that so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them, distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, they said, this is truly 
the prophet who is to come into the world. Now notice the scripture doesn't say that he saw the needs of the people and then he snapped his fingers and all of a sudden they were no longer hungry because they had bread magically get into their stomach. Granted, he has the power to do that. Jesus had the power to just go, you're not hungry anymore. He could do that if he wanted to. Notice that the scripture doesn't say that he went, he waved his hand, and then all of a sudden they all had sandwiches underneath their seat. And like, oh, my God, we all have, like, he could have done that. He has the power to do that. I believe that Jesus is showing us uh, a process and a pattern that's dear to his heart. And that is, instead of just doing it all himself, he took the first portion, he blessed it, he broke it, and the scripture says he gave his disciples the bread first. And he gave them the bread first for them to distribute it to others. And that's how everybody got fed, through the distribution of the disciples that were following him. I believe that he was teaching us how he works. And I believe that this is why our vision exists, is because Jesus has chosen to involve his disciples in the distribution of the needs that the people have. So in this case, it was two fish and five loaves, and he gave it out to the disciples, and he said, first he gave them a job. The first thing he said was, tell them all to sit down. Again, Jesus could have said, everybody sit down. But he said, disciples, you tell them to sit down. He, is, he has a desire to share in the process with his disciples. He wants to do two things at once. And this is one of my favorite things about church because I believe two things are always happening at once. Someone is being, someone's need is being met. And also someone is taking a step up at helping serve. So people are being served, but also servants are being raised and developed at the same time. And that is so fun for me. I'm thinking about ministries we have like life groups and ministries we have like our freedom conference that we have where I go and I see and I watch and I see two things happening at once. I see this person receiving ministry in an amazing way that's blowing them away and it's blessing their life. But then I also see another person who just preached their first message at Encounter or at Freedom for the first time. And they're realizing for the first time that God could use them so powerfully. And I'm seeing both happen at the same time. This preacher who's preaching for the first time is like, oh my gosh, they're so nervous. They've been preparing and fasting and like hoping that God can bless them. Like, Lord, I just don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess up. And they give the word of God and actually someone else gets blessed. And it, so it's both, both people are receiving something new at the same time. This person's experiencing responsibility and a promotion and realizing, oh my God, God wants to use me. And the person who they're blessing is going, oh my God, God is blessing me. He's meeting my need. And those are the two things that I think church fosters. It, it brings followers of Jesus, but it also builds leaders in the kingdom of God. And that is such an important part to, to why we're here as a church. Um, if you are a disciple of Jesus, notice in this story, the first ones who received the bread were the disciples. But it wasn't because 
he liked them more or he, he loved them more, but he, they were the ones that he had appointed to distribute. So if you're a disciple in this room and you're ever wondering why it is that, that you've been given something that somebody else hasn't or why is it that this revelation has clicked for me but it hasn't for my neighbor or, or my coworker or, or my family or my brother, I believe that like this story, you've been given it first, not because he loves you more, not because you're better than anybody, but he has appointed you to be a distributor for the next person who needs what you have. And I'm telling you this because I can sense there's people in the room who you've asked yourself, why am I the only one in my family who believes in Jesus? Why am I the only person in my friend group who's passionate about the word of God? Why am I the only person in my workplace that seems to care about the kingdom of God? It's so lonely. Why am I the only one, God? And you feel this and you've prayed this and you even share this with others. It's so hard being the only one. It's so hard being the only one. And my response to is what if you're not the only one? What if you're the first one? What if you're the first one? And I I choose to use that language because I think if you see yourself as the first one, it's a lot easier for you to believe that there's supposed to be a second and there's supposed to be a third and there's supposed to be a fourth. My word to you is that you might not be the only one, but you could very well be the first one. I've seen Christians struggle from this transition of of being the recipient of God's grace to now being a distributor, from being a recipient of the blessings of God to then being a, a giver of the blessings of God. And I get it. It can be a struggle. It can be a struggle going from recipient to distributor. It can be a struggle going from new guy to the one who's welcoming the new guy. It can be a struggle going from the prodigal son who, who's receiving the huge party to the older son who's having to work to put the party on for the, for the, for the prodigal son. The struggle is real. It's, it's, it's nice having a party thrown for you. And that's okay. It's supposed to be nice. We're human beings. None of us don't like to be valued and, 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 and celebrated. But at the same time, we have to understand that once we've received the party and once we've had the fatted calf killed for us and once we've had the feast prepared for us, then over time we become someone that the Lord goes, hey, I need you to help blow up these balloons. And we find ourselves blowing up balloons for the next person. And it's not always an easy journey. It's not always an easy journey. It's, it's, it's. But I want to encourage you guys that if you're feeling that struggle of, of going from the one who is eating the bread to the one who now helps serves for other people to eat, if you're feeling a struggle, don't, it's not, don't stop, basically. Because the struggle is actually signs of transformation happening in your heart. There is no transformation without tension. There is no transformation without friction. The whole act of transformation is old things are going out and new things are coming in. And if you expect to have that happen in your heart and you not feel a thing, and it's, it's, not, it's not like uh, where God puts, uh, puts you under like a surgery and it happens and you wake up and it's done. Like you feel it. You feel the transformation. You feel the... The, the, the selfishness have to expire and servanthood having to come in. And, and if, if you're feeling that struggle, guys, that's not a sign that this is not the will of God for your life. 
That is not a sign that the Lord, clearly the Lord would not want me in this level of discomfort. I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. No, make sure that you aren't rebuking your transformation. Don't rebuke the very change that you ask and sing. Lord, change my heart. We have all the songs that say all these things. And then when it's happening, we're like, I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. But it's, it's, it's your transformation. Be sure not to be rebuking the actual transformation that you've been asking God to do in your life. Don't rebuke the work of God. You rebuke the work of the devil. Don't rebuke the work of God. But it's a struggle, and I get it. I get it. But the issue is, though, if we don't endure the struggle, we'll have an issue where there's more prodigal sons returning than sons who are willing to throw the party. There's, there'll be more people with needs than those who are willing to distribute. There'll be more people who are hungry than there are people who are willing to say, hey, give me a section, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go give the fish and bread to these guys. I'll go help these people. And, and that's what we're here to help happen. We, Nashville Life, our vision, following Jesus, building leaders. That building leaders is really building distributors. People willing to go, okay, I'll go help them sit down. I'll go help them distribute. Okay, Jesus, got it. And, and that's why we're here. So in case you're wondering, like, what's this place about? We want to help with that, that space in between. I've eaten the bread, but the Lord wants me to start sharing the bread. And that's our prayer. We want to be party throwers here at Nashville. We want to raise up people who know how to throw a party for the countless, and I say countless, prodigal sons that the Lord is drawing into his house. And if that's hard for you, it's okay. We're here to help. We're here to help. I know what that transition feels like, and it's not always easy. rarely easy but it's so rewarding and it's such a blessing and it's where you belong it really truly is where you belong you know you know the feeling of feeling like you're not where you're supposed to be like when you're in the kingdom of God even if you are suffering you still have this assurance that this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and this is exactly who God has called me to be and when you know you are where God wants you to be there is a grace there is a prosperity there is a peace that surpasses anything that you could have outside of that space. Even on your worst day, I'm a living witness that your worst day in the will of God is better than the best day that you could have outside of God's will. I would rather, I would rather suffer in the position that God has called me to be in than to sit pina coladas outside of God's purpose. Any amens? Awesome. So the party throwers at Nashville Life, the distributors at Nashville Life, we call ourselves team. Team is how we're, we're a team. There's no acronym. Um, maybe we should have one. 
I felt like I was supposed to say, the Eagles. It's a, no, it's just team. It's team. All of the ministry at Nashville Life happens via team. Um, team includes uh, kids' life. It includes uh, pep talk, our students. It includes our prayer team. It includes our music team, production team, our media. That's how we're able to watch online. Everybody, thank the media team who's watching online. If it wasn't for them, you cannot see us. Uh, finance team, our guest services team, which is our parking, our security, our welcome, our hospitality, our next steps. We have our life group leaders. We have our pastors and staff. All of these people make up team, and actually all these people is what it takes for people to come in and have that outcome that I read in verse 14. At the end of that passage about the two fish and five loaves, when everybody, when the disciples distributed the two fish and five loaves and they saw this great miracle where everyone had their needs met and everyone was able to eat, the final takeaway that happened on that story was, I'm going to pull that up one more time, verse 14. And it says, then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Now, I love it because the great act, if you read the story, it involved more than just Jesus. Jesus prayed and blessed it, but there were so many distributors. But the thing about it is, even though it took this whole team for everyone to be fed, the takeaway was Jesus is the true Messiah. He is the prophet. He is the one. So even though the actual operation took way more people than just one man, the outcome was that one man was glorified. So the same thing with our church, even though it took all those teams, even though it takes all those people to pull off what we do every week, the objective and the reason why all these people are choosing to distribute and to get up early and to do all these things is so that you can walk away with one takeaway, and that is Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the Lord of Lords. That's why we do this. We do this so at least one, if not more than one, can walk away going because of that all that I saw and all that I didn't see because there's a lot of people that you don't see that's helping this happen today. We don't just open the doors and walk in and worship God. It's a whole operation, but all of it, we do it with joy and with honor because the point is that the takeaway is Jesus is Lord. He is the Messiah. He is the one who is saving my life and the one who's going to lead me to a life of bliss for eternity. So, to be a distributor, to be on team, to help join in what we're doing, at Team at Nashville Life, we have four core values. And those values are simple, but they're deep. And this, it's an endless well. Love God. Love people. Pursue excellence and choose joy. And the reason why we have these values is because these values is what keeps us able to stand in the role as disciples and to distribute all that God has given to us to give to you. We've got to love him first because otherwise we're not going to work for God if we don't love him. We have to love him. We have to love him first and foremost. Notice he only distributed to his disciples, the ones that followed him, the ones who were close with him. We have to have a relationship with God. Otherwise, we'll be more Unless we're disciples, we'll be the crowd, 
and not the distributor. The crowd, was, the crowd were the people that received the bread. The distributors were reserved for the disciples. The disciples were the distributors. And you gotta be, if you're going to be a disciple, you have to know God. You have to know him. You have to have a relationship with him. Secondly, you have to love people because those are the people that you're serving. The ones that you're distributing bread to, the ones that you're giving out to, you have to have some love for them. Otherwise, you're going to be like, I'm just going to eat this and not give it to them, which some people do. <laughs> I'm getting mine. It's not my responsibility. That's, that's between them and God. Nah, not really. You're supposed to distribute. You're supposed to at least offer. You got to have a love for people to do that. You have to love people. You have to develop that love. You have to develop that because we don't have it naturally. Human beings, we don't have that kind of love naturally. That's something that has to come from Jesus. It has to be something that we foster and that we grow and we cultivate. We have to be trained by a love for people. So love God, love people, pursue excellence. The reason why is because the one we're following is excellent. Amen. Everything he does, the Bible says he does it well. Everything he did, he did it well. So as his followers, we have to pursue and try to do that. At least try, right? Shoot for excellence. Pursue it. We're not going to hit a home run every time. We'll mess up. But if we're pursuing excellence, if we're at least aiming for the target, we'll be a lot more successful than if we're just like, aimlessly shooting. So we shoot for excellence, we pursue excellence, and then lastly, we choose joy. And we choose joy. Choosing joy does not mean that everything is going to happen your way and everything is happening the way you want it to. But it's the power of not being, let's see, all of us want our own way. Like, I can't think of a human being that does not want things the way they want things. So I'm not faulting you for that. I don't think that's actually a product of the fall. I think that's just being a person. We want things our way. However, it's one thing to want your way. It's another thing to not be happy unless things are going your way. Two very different things. All of us have our preferences. And all of us have every right to want 75 degrees sunny every day. Like, you're not wrong to want that, but it becomes a problem unless, if, when you can't be happy unless it's 75 and sunny. Because that's when you realize that you are actually, a, your joy and your, your, your outlook on life is subjected to a circumstance that you have no control over. So we find ourselves being slaves of circumstances and, and, and saying that in, until things are the way that they need to be and I want them to be, then I have to, you know, until it's sunny outside, I can't smile. I'm sorry. The sun's not out. I'm just, I can't, can't do it. I can't, I, I can't not smile right now. I have the joy of the Lord. No. Um, no. I, I, you get what I'm saying? The Lord has given us the ability as people of God to still have a, a, still be able to find joy even if it's cloudy outside, even if the weather is not ideal, even if your circumstance is not ideal, even if your relationships are not ideal, even if your finances are not ideal. The Lord has given believers a power and an ability to access joy even when the circumstances are less than ideal, which is good news for us because most of the time circumstances are less than ideal. 
So we actually have the ability to find ourselves in joy, not because things are the way that we want them to be, but because the Lord has given us a power that is independent of circumstances. He's given us a joy that is independent of of issues and things that are happening. He gives us an ability to access it by his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit says if you allow the Holy Spirit in your life, it produces joy. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, not a fruit of your circumstance, not a fruit of your bank account, not a fruit of your weight loss success. You actually can have something that is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So as people who are servants, as people who are called to distribute the goodness of God to other people, we have to know how to access joy that is not contingent or dependent on things of this world. And it takes practice. (laughs) And life knows how to give you practice to choose joy. Because really the only training you need are circumstances you don't like. That really is the training. Oh, choose joy. You know, before Jesus, joy had to happen to us. Before Jesus, we had, it had to happen to us. This whole choosing is news. We can actually choose this? We thought we just had to wait for things to happen to us. Happenstance. That's what happiness is. That's why happiness is different than joy, I believe. Because it's, it's, it's happenstance versus a fruit of God's spirit. So love God, love people, pursue excellence, choose joy. Those are the values that we have as, as the party throwers, as the distributors, as the, as the older brothers, if you will. The ones who, who are here to make sure that when someone new comes in, that the party is just as great, if not better, than the one that we received when we came in. And that's our passion. That's our, that's our purpose. And I'm committed to that. I'm committed to it. Even when it's hard, I'm committed to it. Because it's where I belong as a believer. I belong distributing. The Lord is my shepherd. I, he, he, he's got my needs met. My needs are met because I follow the Lord. So if I'm not begging for bread, if I'm eating bread, there's only one other role that there is for me, and that is to give bread. Now, if you're a beggar here, praise God that you're here. Because the Lord is here to meet your need. If you are without, don't feel condemned. You are where you're supposed to be. This place is here to distribute the needs that are needed. We are here to help minister to you that Jesus Christ can meet that need. I don't care what the need is. If, it's, if you're sick in your body, the healer is here. He can meet your need. You can actually receive healing at this very moment through the blood of Jesus. And we're going to pray for you to receive that. If you're, if, you're, if you're in need or, or in lack because of in your mind or in your emotions, the Lord can bring the spirit of comfort over your life. And you can find yourself experiencing a peace. That's, like if you have needs, you are at the right place. 
I'm, I can't stress that enough. That's why we're here. That's why we got up at 7, because we knew that people would have needs. We're here. That's one role. If you have your needs met, if the Lord has blessed your life, if you've received his good news, if he's provided for you if, you, if you know him as provider, if you know him as healer, if you know him as teacher, then praise God. There's a next role for you. There's a next role for you. That's what I love about the kingdom of God. There's always a next step for everybody. All of us have a next step in front of us. So I want to pray because whatever that next step is for you, my prayer is that you choose to step in it today. Father, I thank you and I praise you. I honor you. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, that you are someone who sees the needs of the people in this room, the people watching online. There's not a need in this room that you don't see and that you don't have compassion for. There is not a need in this place that you don't see. And what's awesome is not only do you see every need in this room, but you have the means and the power to meet every need in this room. Lord, And we acknowledge you and honor you as someone who is able to supply and meet every need in this place. There is a large range of needs in this room. And not a single one of them is beyond your ability, beyond your love. Nothing is beyond your compassion. Nothing is beyond your ability. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I pray, Lord, that every person with a need, Lord, I pray that you move in their hearts right now and let them know that you are here and that you are ready to bless them. Lord, I specifically want to lift up the need in health, physical health. If anybody here, my eyes are closed, but if there's anybody here who, who needs healing in their body, who has a need regarding their health, whether it's been a diagnosis or it's just a feeling that you have or you know something's up, I believe the Lord is healing you. The blood of Jesus has the power to heal you of your sickness, of your condition. So you can receive it right now if you want to extend your hand by faith showing the Lord that you you believe go ahead and do that and right where you're sitting the blood of Jesus can cleanse you and heal you because he loves you and because he has the power to do it it's why he shed his blood so that you can receive healing so I pray healing in the name of Jesus Christ over everyone who has a need 
in the area of sickness and disease. We speak full health. We speak long life. According to your power, according to your blood, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord Jesus. For those of you who might have an emotional need or a mental need, you're, you're lacking confidence, you're lacking hope, you're lacking peace. Jesus sees that need and has more than enough peace to share. He has more than enough comfort to share. He has more than enough hope. So just like those who receive their healing physically, Lord, you can raise your hand and receive your need right now. Holy Spirit, we pray the comfort that only you can give. We pray the renewed mind that only you can give. We pray the whole heart, the heart of flesh, the new heart that only you can give. We pray that over everybody who's receiving right now who has that need. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are here. You are here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for supplying our needs. My only, my, my other prayers for those who've been healed, those who have receive the peace of God. Those who have the comforter living on the inside of them. I want to invite you to your next step. Jesus, like the disciples in the two fish and the five loaves story, he's asking you, he's appointing you to be a distributor. To take the blessing that you've received, to take the bread that you've received and distribute it to those who need it. Holy Spirit, I ask for you to bring to their memory, bring to their minds people that they should be distributing your goodness to. Lord, people who want to help and even what we're doing here, so that when people come through those doors, they can have their needs met because there's enough people distributing what you have given us to give. We pray all this in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All glory to your name. All glory to your name. Hallelujah. 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 All glory to your name. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. That we can make a choice to start following Jesus to the next step. 
The Lord has a next step for all of us. And if we say yes to him and we stay in his shadow, he will protect us and he will guide us forward to, to greener pastures, to, to, to lives that we, could, we couldn't even imagine. That's what he has for you. So if you're ready to make that choice, I'm going to ask all of us to say it together as we choose to follow Jesus today. Uh, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. And make me a new person in Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So if you believe that and if you receive that, if you're ready for the next step, I'm going to ask you to offer up some kind of sound of thanksgiving, some kind of sound of praise, whether it's a clap, whether it's a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name, God. Let's all sing that again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. All glory to your name. Let's sing one. Hallelujah. 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 All glory. All glory to your name. If you said yes to Jesus, congratulations. This is your party. Let's all celebrate those who said yes to the Lord. We're so glad you made that choice. Please let us know. Text us. Text us. We have a couple ways you can let us know. We have a prayer team that's going to be right here at the end of service. We would love to meet you. We would love to pray for you. You can also let us know by texting the word BELONG to 77411. It's real easy. We'll connect with you. We've got some resources we want to share with you. Please let us know so we can connect and celebrate with you. Uh, if you would like to know, know more about Nashville Life, we've got next steps next week. So you can learn more about the vision, get involved. If you'd like to give, thank you in advance. We've got our finance team in the back. You can give online. And uh, I'm just glad y'all are here. I pray that you enjoyed yourself. Thank you so much. I pray God bless you and that he continues to bless you. And let's pray. God, we thank you. I pray a blessing over every person who is here, every family that is represented here. God, I pray, Lord, that the word of God continues to minister to their hearts as they leave and go throughout their week. God, I thank you for meeting our needs and also making us distributors as well. Lord, I pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, boy.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.